You're listening to Wellbeing Connection, the CMHA Manitoba and Winnipeg podcast. I'm your host, James Wellsman. The Canadian Mental Health Association, Manitoba and Winnipeg, wishes to acknowledge that we are gathered in Treaty 1 territory at the crossroads of the Anishinaabe, Métis, Cree, Dakota, Ojibwe Nations, and on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe peoples and the homeland of the Métis Nation. None of the content in this podcast is intended to replace the advice given to you by your medical team. If you are in crisis, please phone the Manitoba Suicide Prevention and Support Line at 1-877-435-7170 or text CONNECT to 686868 for the Kids Help Phone. Hi, friends. Uh, Stephen Sutherland here uh, with the CMHA Wellbeing Connection. We are here with uh, Irene. Irene is part of our working team. She's a consultant with the Educational Initiative. Uh, James, it's so great to have you back uh, on the podcast. And I know that you have a bunch of guests that you are connecting with that really are uh, in the trenches, you know, looking at what are the the, the pieces that people are going to experience, you know, with our wellness uh, support specialists and those that are supporting those specialists. Uh, Irene, wondering if you can give a little bit of information about who you are and uh, why you're a part of this great initiative. Well, I'm uh, a um, recovering uh, assistant superintendent. Uh, I was a principal in uh, two high schools and an administrator in K-9 system also. I'm a physical educator who um, taught uh, K-12 phys ed for, for 20, year, 20 years and then went on to 43 years or 23 years in administration. So I, um, my kids are teachers, um, my sister's in education. Um, Let's just say we have boring Sunday dinners. <laughs> no, I imagine there's lots of stories. And and I, Irene, I know that you were a principal at the high school I graduated from, you know, just about 10 years ago, right? So uh, <laughs> yeah, good old Steve. Windsor Park uh, Collegiate, you know, go, go Royals, right? Um, Absolutely. There we go. Um, wondering if you can, can really talk about just, you know, what the education sector has gone through maybe in the last 10, 15 years. And uh, obviously we think of the pandemic and we think of, you know, those uh, pieces to the stresses of adapting and pivoting. But I imagine, you know, the education sector has been, uh, it's been an ongoing uh, need of support in terms of lots of things to do with maybe little or uh, less supports? Yeah, I, I think that um, I, unfortunately, everybody uh, is an expert in education because everybody's gone through the system. And um, depending when you went through, it, it, it changes rapidly. And I think um, the job has just become more and more complicated as uh, we've moved along. 
Um, there are silver linings to any problem that comes um, that you have to deal with. Um, the newcomers to our country have enriched our programming, but they also require supports in order to become the Canadian citizens that they want to become. Um, I think reconciliation is is front of mind because we we can be leaders in that much needed area. I think technology has um, changed the way things happen. I think that um, kids come to us at different um, stages and um, abilities and teachers are in classrooms where they, um, it's, if you say I have a grade two classroom, um, you may have kids who are at preschool level all the way to kids who are reading at a grade four level within that one classroom. And that one teacher has to provide supports to everybody and for everything that each individual needs. Administrators, our business managers, educational leaders, and safety, and now with COVID, they're healthcare professionals. And it, the job is complicated. Our clerical staff have to learn new technologies uh, almost every year, it seems. Bus drivers deal with Manitoba weather. God bless them. Would you want to park that thing near a snowbank? No. no. And and also like <laughs> Manitoba drivers, right? You know, not everybody pays yeah. attention, right? So, And our caretakers have been at the forefront of this uh, COVID issue and they have taken this responsibility so seriously and, and are really frontline workers in terms of the COVID safety. So each member of our education workforce um, uh the educational assistants uh, who work with large classrooms or work one-on-one -on -one are dealing with kids who have worries about all kinds of things. And uh, not all of our kids come to school uh, fed. You know, we have poverty issues in Manitoba that need to be addressed, but, but the educators deal with it because they haven't been addressed yet. And so that doesn't mean we stop. So the, the job is complicated and COVID has added another layer of stress uh, to the job. And I think um, it hasn't diminished the passion for what people uh, feel for their, their kids and their job, but it has um, been exhausting and um, and stressful in that they're trying so hard to make sure their kids stay well, uh, that sometimes that's to their detriment. Yeah, you know, you know, the teachers in my life, you know, when I was a student, but also as an adult and as a professional, you know, I hear the ongoing demands of what their kids are bringing to the classroom. Like there's some kids who are thriving and are just incredible leaders and incredible citizens. And there's young people who want to become incredible citizens, but don't have the tools, don't have the opportunities for people at home to listen to them, to pay attention, to be interested, uh, you know, in what they're learning or what's going on in their lives. And teachers become that. They become the social workers, they become the clinicians, they become the doctors, nurses, caretakers, the, the people to ensure that these kids have 
what they need to succeed. And, uh, you know, so our hats off to all the educators, uh, bus drivers, everybody who is doing their part to make these kids and young people successful. And, and so this initiative, you know, that's been supported by the provincial government, you know, why, why now? Why do you think it's important now? Well, I think um, it, it's always been important. Um, I okay. think um, that is something that we probably have neglected for too long. Um, but when it starts, uh, you don't look back, you look forward. Mm-hmm. I think the pace at which people are operating right now Um, pivoting from online teaching to back into the classroom, back online, um, to doing all of the uh, additional healthcare uh, needs in addition to to teaching and having kids learn. I think um, it has not allowed people to uh, balance. Um, I think it has um, created a situation where care caregivers which is part of what education is um, have focused on external rather than internal needs and um, and and that's that's something um, that is has been more challenging in the last 18 months and and I think people need to take a breath and um, understand that this is part of you wear a mask, you get a vaccination, and you also take a look at what are your wellness needs outside of the physical. Um, Mental health has got to be a priority if you're going to manage the stressors of today. Yeah, you know, and, and I think within education, what we have found at the CMHA is there's more and more schools that want to have that full school mental health uh, approach. So this whole, the whole school-based mental health uh, promotion approach is much different than when I was in school, where we kind of parachuted in and parachuted out and parachuted in. And, and now the opportunity for uh, young people to be peer supports uh, for others and for young people to learn mental health literacy you know, is just absolutely fantastic. And I imagine as, uh, you know, as a physical education educator and as, you know, a former principal and assistant superintendent, this must, you know, just bring a smile to your face. Well, I I think the um, good news is that there is a retirement age that you should shoot for because the 90% of our kids coming up are just going to outshine us in terms of intelligence and and the way they live their lives, how they're committed to, um, you know, our climate to to uh, innovation and to life balance, and mm-hmm. they have a lot to teach us. So um, educators uh, not don't just teach young people; they also learn from them, and that's that's a bonus um, and something we shouldn't sure. negate. So kids yeah. really teach us. Little kids teach us: stay in the moment, have yes. some fun, get yeah. some exercise, yeah. do some of the common sense things that will assist 
in your mental health. And if not, then this project will have um, far-reaching effects with all the other resources that are available to you through the website, through, through some of the workshops that we're going to be doing, through conversations, through um, materials, um, podcasts. The, the, um, I, I, just, I just don't think that um, even if you've heard some of the material or information before, we need to reinforce it the same as we do for teaching our kids. You don't get mastery by hearing something once. So you need to come back to this website. You need to remember that some of the things you used to do are still valuable, and we just have to reinstate those things into your life. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned the website and the resources. Uh, and what's what's great is this this website is up and running, careforallineducation.com. And again, those resources are being updated and uh, I heard someone the other day just say how rich those resources are and how uh, really tangible those are. And so, and that's what we want, right, Irene, is we want these, uh, these resources to be relevant, uh, to be evidence-based, and to, to really be user-friendly. Uh, maybe you can comment on just uh, how you see workshops and, you know, learning, you talk about repetitiveness. Um, what would you see, you know, maybe six or eight months down the road, what, what this initiative looks like when people are actively participating? Well, first, I'd like to mention the wellness specialists who are available attached to the website through the phone number and by email. Um, those are three ladies that I've had the pleasure of meeting and, and working with for a short period of time, but um, so impressive in their knowledge and uh, empathy and caring and um, just connecting with them to develop a wellness plan, I think, is if you're if you're you're thinking that you're curious about this or or you're in crisis those are three ladies that can really um support the um pathway to mm. wellness so that's the first thing I, I think the other thing is that this um, team has really committed to making this website a living um, breathing document uh, taking feedback from our, our working um, group, uh, from people who call in, uh, from our researchers, uh, Laura and Leslie at University of Winnipeg, who are committed to ongoing supports. Um, if people see something or want something in addition, this is a responsive group and, and we will be reaching out to find, if we don't have it, we'll find it to give the supports that people need. So I, I know we're inundated with web information, but this is credible. It's attached to live, really caring human beings. And I think that makes a difference. And um, there, it's a sign of strength to ask for help. And um, I don't think there, there's anybody who would be more admiring of that move for so many people on our education workforce than myself. I know how hard it is, but I know that it's important to to reach out before you're in crisis, but especially if you're really struggling, 
let's let's see what we can do to support you to find the help that you require to get back on track. Yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, and uh exhaustion and when people are, are really not doing well. And, you know, certainly Leslie and Laura's research came out talking about languishing and people just really, you know, experiencing burnout. And what, what this initiative is really hope, we're, what we're hoping is that this is some preventative pieces, right? Where we're learning uh, that, you know, there's some tools that we can put in our toolkit. And one such tool is, you know, learning the the myth of you know if i'm if i'm tired and burnt out i need to i need to leave i need to go on a leave and i need to you know remove myself and wondering if you can talk about you know what are some key elements before we get to that place of maybe i need to go on a leave well i, I think um i and i would be certainly um uh res- I, I would certainly have been at fault um, as an administrator sometimes in, again, uh, dealing with the pace of the number of issues that come to your door every day, uh, sometimes through expediency, not through lack of caring. You might say to somebody, well, you need to take a leave to get you know some time to, to work this out. That's not always the best case for people, um, especially if they don't have supports uh, at home and their supports are their peers and colleagues. So I think giving administrators a toolbox to um, direct folks to the uh, education or care for all in education um, is is a good starting point. It may mean that at some point a leave is necessary but it's, I'm not sure that we have um, exhausted all possibilities before we go to that suggestion as administrators or as people making that decision. And, and I think um, looking for taking control of your mental health and wellness uh, through preventative measures, through proactive conversation, through creating a plan which is what this website is all about, will lead to um, l- less crisis and uh, and more control. And I think that that's what people need in, in this mm-hmm. time of uncertainty is to know that you can take control of your, your own health, your own wellness, and um, provide um, kind of some stability in terms of and being able to continue to work in a job that you love and, and not be away from your, your work colleagues. Yeah. I think it's such a great reminder, Irene, that, you know, we may not have those supports in the community outside of uh, our vocation. And, uh, you know, you talk about people with lived experience. And so I imagine those in education, whether you're in a classroom as a teacher, supporting a teacher, whether you're, doing food service, clerical, whatever, that that you have other people that you trust in the school, Uh, maybe talk about the importance of talking with one another and uh, really being, uh, you know, uh, a place of safety, uh, of being able to connect. Well, I think you mentioned it earlier, and I appreciated it. Um, When uh, schools are trying to develop a culture of um, whole school wellness. Um, schools are small communities. 
and and sometimes big communities. I, you know, I was a principal in a school with 1,400 kids and and almost 200 staff, and that's a small town. It's like being the mayor of a small town. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, with way less power and not such a great parking spot. Um, but <laughs> I digress. Um, but I think it's uh, it's really um, people who are in the business, and you know this yourself, when I talked uh, jokingly about our Sunday dinners being boring, it is mutual support because you're going through the same thing. So I, I think that that's an important part to realize is that we do get um, support from each other when we have commonalities. But sometimes if we're in a not so great place, we can kind of circle the drain, so to speak, and become our own worst enemies by, um, you know, you, you have to have some positives. And so if everybody's experiencing your negative, sometimes that community isn't, isn't necessarily the best. So um, it it's, I, I used to have a rule when I was a principal is that I would never allow anybody to email um, somebody on staff uh, the first, the two weeks prior to any break. I said, one, you need more exercise to so walk down the hallway. And two, uh, emails can be read with the tone that's in your head, not necessarily <laughs> what the people sending the email meant. Yes. And so uh, I think that that's an important piece to realize mm -hmm. is that part of wellness means being kind to yourself and to others. And uh, that's the communication that perhaps this wellness plan can, um, you know, uh, support people with um, you know yourself when you're trapped in a in a house with somebody you know during COVID sometimes their breathing and chewing becomes you know a <laughs> homicidal event um, yeah, and, absolutely. and so yeah. I, I think that that happens sometimes in schools is that we we forget that everybody's dealing with the same pressure so so part of this is about um, treating people with kindness. Um, you don't know what's going on in people's lives. And so a wellness plan also means uh, having a script ready for when people irritate you and when people support you. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot that we can learn. Um, very seldom do you see educators or anybody in the education workforce treat a kid um, with disrespect um but sometimes you only have so much energy and sometimes you forget that adults also need to be treated sometimes um as nicely as we treat our students for sure and and again friends if you're just joining us you know talking with irene about our new uh, educational initiative uh, uh careforallineducation.com is the website where you can be connected to our wellness support specialists. Uh, they're on the line 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., uh, 12 hours a day, five days a week. And uh, again, you know, want to be available. This is really a demonstration project, isn't it, uh, Irene, where we want to make sure people are accessing these services uh, so we can continue this and that this could be sustainable uh, for months and years to come. What, what would be your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that, um, and this is going to be 
you know, similar to other very successful projects that uh, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a slow start, uh, but word of mouth is going to be um, what, and, and success that people experience in um, building some wellness plans. I think that we really need to have people um, access the supports and know that this is, this is something that's out there that hasn't necessarily been there to recognize our educators and our education workforce. And this, this is a significant um, benefit that this government and CMHA and MTS uh, have put together. Don't, um, we, we can't squander it. And we really need to take advantage of um, how much this is needed and how much support this can offer. And yes, I hope that this is going to be there because this job is not going to get easier. So we need to make sure that we're doing ongoing support, not only for our veterans, but for our new people coming into the profession. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, uh, friends, I know that um, you are, are going to be hearing from uh, some of our wellness uh, specialists and you're going to be hearing from Alvera and you know, you'll also hear uh, just next from Zach. Zach is going to talk about his role uh, as a clinician in supporting teachers and his thoughts on why this initiative uh, is really critical, uh, not just because of the fourth, fifth, sixth wave that's that has come and it will be coming, but because of the importance of education and of learning, you know, and uh, so super excited. Irene, if you could go back in time, Okay, so we're, we're going to go back in time when you were a new professional and you were thinking, so maybe five, 10 years in, you know, when you think of your mental health and, well, and well-being and your wellness, you know, what were some things that you did uh, as a new professional, uh, new sort of new professional to, to, kept, to keep you on track, to keep you uh, focused on that goal and that, that love, that calling vocation of, of teaching? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I really thought about it in my first um, five years of teaching because I was working so hard just to survive and, and do the job. Mm -hmm. And so I think actually um, I would be um, more focused on, on our new people coming in because I think they are just excited and wanting to do the best possible. And they're starting out in a very complicated job, as I've said before. So I, I, don't, think, um, I don't think I spent enough time at that point on my wellness. And so I would really be hoping that our, our new people are uh, getting the tools that they need in order to have a, a sustained and, and extended and as rewarding a career as I uh, was lucky to have. Um, and I want that for them. Uh, I want them to experience joy. I want all the people. This job is so unbelievably fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, it's when it's going well. And um, 
I want people to experience that. So whatever we can do to support people in their mental health and wellness in order to make sure that not only are the supports sustainable, but the people are sustained through their work and, um, and that they know that this is a sign of appreciation from, um, from all of us uh, in order to make sure that they can do the job that we appreciate so much. Well, Irene, you've, you've uh, been such a, a great guest. Thank you for being with us today. And one thing that I've come away with is that, you know, life around us may have changed in terms of some of the restrictions and ways of adapting uh, our learning. But one thing that has not changed is the commitment of, of those in the education sector for, for who, whomever is coming through the doors or through that, that, that bus door, through that front door, whatever door it is, that gymnasium door, is that everyone wants to see these kids succeed and flourish. And, uh, and I can't think of a better way of coming alongside, uh, again, some more heroes uh, in, in during this, this pandemic than those in the education sector. So folks, uh, please go to uh, careforallineducation.com. Lots of supports there. And uh, we look forward to, you know, looking, you know, forward, uh, you know, uh, Irene, in the next few months of just kind of circling back on, you know, what we've learned thus far uh, in this initiative. And so, so thank you so much. I'm here with our next guest. Would you like to take some time to introduce yourself? Hi, good morning. My name is Sarah Pereira. Uh, I work at the Canadian Mental Health Association as a wellness specialist for a new initiative called uh, Care for All in Education. Excellent, excellent. So uh, I know that during this time, it's just so important to be paying attention to our well-being. Uh, I've got my cat in my arms right now. Uh, Sarah was just showing me a new addition to the fur family, would you like to explain? Absolutely, I just uh, recently got a puppy. Uh, her name is Lucy. Uh, reason being is uh, working from home and just with the pandemic and everything that's been going on, uh, found that it would be great to have a companion, to have uh, a buddy at home, somebody to keep me company, someone to get me outside for some fresh air, uh, and and just someone to to get me up in the morning. So it's been great to have um, have this little friend nearby. Excellent. Yes, I can I can attest to it. This uh, this cat right now is just feeling like a sack of potatoes in my arms, just totally <laughs> totally relaxing me. So that's Aww. just going to be so important for. Uh, the sector that we're going to be talking about today, because mm -hmm. there's um, a lot of people on the front lines in education. And so there's a lot of people working in the education sector, such as uh, bus drivers, custodians, food services. And this initiative includes all of them. It's not just teachers. It's not just principals. Um, so why was the wider umbrella of people to receive this service chosen versus just a narrow focus on people mm -hmm. like the teachers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when we think of education, we often think of teachers first, but in reality, uh, the education system 
uh, is dependent on a wide variety of folks, um, including some of the roles that you mentioned, James. So uh, custodians, uh, folks who work in the lunchrooms, crossing guards, uh, administration, superintendents, uh, lots of folks who are um, doing some very heavy lifting alongside with the teacher. So we wanted to make sure that we were inclusive of everybody who works in the education um, sector so that they have supports uh, because everybody is working really hard um, to support not only themselves, but also the students in particular and the communities that they work alongside. Yeah, and I can attest to that as well as you explained that. I think back to my schooling days and I was, uh, I lived far away from my school. And so the bus drivers were crucial parts of the people that are there every day. It's not just the teacher you see every day, but your bus driver is doing a lot of, a lot of important work there too. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's so impressive that the program takes a wide scope. Um, So with all this innovation, um, I'm just curious what other initiatives were the inspirations for this program? Like, I'd love to know, because I know these kind of things don't just emerge out of nowhere. So what other initiatives were uh, inspirations? This uh, this work uh, came out of some research that was done by uh, Laura Sokol, uh, Leslie Trudell, and Jeff Babb. So they did uh, a research project um, across um, or on on folks working in the education system, particularly with teachers, and found that in Winnip or in Manitoba specifically, forty five point nine percent of teachers. Um, were experiencing what would be considered a red zone um, for stress and for burnout, whereas um, the majority of Canada fit um, in about 27.2%. Uh, so almost, so a significantly larger percentage of, of folks working in the education system are experiencing high rates of burnout. Um, and so from this research, um, they identified different ways that we would be able to Uh, connect with folks who are experiencing um, burnout and compassion fatigue uh, for folks who really want to be doing the work that they're doing, but are finding that the stressors that are impacting them are making uh, the day-to-day work really difficult. So from this research, um, this, this initiative has been put together and we're hoping that we'll be able to support folks in the education system um, so that they are um, not, not feeling that, that burnout and that compassion fatigue uh, as intensely, figuring out what options are out them for themselves. Absolutely. And you know that people getting into this sector are people who really want to give back and to um, help others and raise, help raise the next generation to be um, great people and educated people and hopefully mental health champions, and that will come out of this program as well as people get more familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think makes this program unique and special? Mm-hmm. Our goal with this program is to have uh, real people in real time. So if people reach out for help, uh, we'll be on the other end um, to connect with them. So we are real people who want to connect uh, with folks who are struggling and really meet them where they're at. 
Um, so we're, we're not just going to uh, provide resources and, and redirect folks um, elsewhere. We really want to hold space with people when they call and really figure out what it is that, um, that they need in that moment and also what they may need for some sustainable care. So talking about um, different resources that are out there, um, helping them figure out what they may be able to access and, and really creating a wellness plan so that they, um, they feel that they're able to manage their, their wellness as well. And, and they're welcome to give us a call back. So it's not um, sort of a one one phone call or one email, uh, we can be reached by multiple different uh, methods. So you can call us, you can email us. Uh, we have a website, careforallineducation.com. So multiple different ways of, of reaching out and, and folks are encouraged to reach out uh, when they need for some continuity of care. Um, so we're, we're really hoping that we can provide services that are going to make sense for each individual and, and really help uh, identify what um, the person uh, is looking for and then help get them connected. So really trying to be uh, client-centered um, and, and really meet people where they're at in a very non-judgmental, uh, empathic way. We, we want to uh, let folks know that we, we, we hear them, we see them, and what they're going through is um, is a lot to be carrying on their own, and they don't have to do it on their own. Yeah, that's something I've really learned over this pandemic, too, is how you can't just do it alone and how you need that support of other people around you, even um, at times when working from home during this pandemic, how it's been so important to be able to collaborate and mm -hmm. to make those connections and that's what we're all about at Wellbeing Connection podcast is is uh, connecting and having your well-being impacted by connection and connection impacting your well-being so uh, Sarah thank you so much for coming on today this is really fun and yeah so we'll be on to the next guest but thank you so much and we'll talk soon thanks so much James take care Hey, welcome back. I'm James, and I'm here with our next guest. Would you like to introduce yourself and what you do with the program? Hi, James. I'm Alvira Watson. I'm the wellness specialist for the Canadian Mental Health Program for the Care for All in Education. I'm the supervisor of all the specialists that are behind the scenes helping people navigate the platform for Care for All. Excellent. Yeah, so we've learned uh, a lot so far. And uh, I'm just curious to know what inspired you to join uh, in this initiative? Well, James, I've, I've been waiting for this initiative for a long time. I actually have a background in mental health promotion and, and creating healthy schools and uh, the mental health promotion being about creating a place for wellness and mentally healthy uh, environments. And I started working in the WRHA in that field a long time ago. And when I first started on that initiative, it was soon apparent that the focus was primarily on students at first, but really it, uh, it was apparent that everyone should have access to having a mentally healthy uh, school or an environment. So everyone that worked in ed education also needed those services and supports and resources around mental health and how to be mentally healthy. 
yeah, that's such a cool background. Just knowing that, like, um, this is something you've waited for for a long time. I know just we were talking just before this uh, yes. about about yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so, what were some of the things that you uh, you saw were missing before, and that are really being met now? Well, what I see is that every person in education, every person that works in education, is going to be able to access the the platform that's going to provide mental health resources and supports and information. Everyone that works in a school, from the bus driver to the crossing guard person to the lunchroom person to the administrator to the teacher, that all of these resources are for everyone. And that's what I think is so exciting and important. Excellent. So if someone is looking to connect with uh, one of the wellness support specialists that you supervise, um, what can they expect from this support? Like, what are they, um, how is that first call going to go? How's that first email, that first contact going to go? Well, the wellness support specialists have been actually training and working very hard at actually making sure that they know all the resources in Manitoba that could possibly be of assistance to anybody that's going to step up and call them. The wellness support specialists are there to actually answer the phone. You'll get get in a real person in real time. And you uh, could also reach out to them through email. They're going to respond as quickly as they can. Uh, We hope that they can always respond within a day within 24 hours that you would get a message back or uh, maybe you would get a first time call, you'd get somebody on the phone right away and they're gonna help you work through whatever it is that you are seeking help for. And I know th- those can be uh, so all encompassing and the model is a very innovative model that's um, being used and it's, uh, yeah, just so honored to be able to uh, talk to you with today about this. And so, you're obviously very passionate about this sector. You've worked on it in the past, and this program seems to be meeting a lot of uh, what you've envisioned for this kind of initiative. So Mm -hmm. uh, if you had one message for frontline staff during this pandemic, what would it be? Well, I think that everyone should know that they can reach out, that they should reach out, they care of themselves, and that, that there's always somebody on the other end to help. Hi everyone, it's James again, and I'm here with the next guest. So, uh, so glad to have you introduce yourself. Hi James, my name is Nadira Nowring, and I'm part of the Care for All Education Initiative, and I'm one of the wellness support specialists. Great. Well, it's been so nice to virtually meet you today. I'm sure all the people in the education sector are so lucky to have you. It's been so great to talk with you before recording today. Um, So I just have a few questions for what people can expect from the program, right? So uh, how is the program being rolled out? So, so far we've been operational since the second week of uh, November and we've had responses from our participants online through the email uh, on our website and we've been receiving uh, phone calls and touching base with participants and guide them to, to the resources that they're looking for. Great. Yeah. And so how have those few weeks gone so far? Like, have you heard any feedback so far yet? So far, everything has been really positive. Um, the participants were happy with our responses and being able to connect to us so quickly. We have, we, we run from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So we have that amount of time to dedicate towards connecting um, with our participants and getting the resources that they need um, from 
where they're at, you know. So we're looking at, you know, participants all over Manitoba, um, you know, right from the interlake, you know, out, out in the other rural areas of, uh, of Manitoba. Wow, yeah, it's uh, something I've learned from the interviews I've done so far is just how all-encompassing this is and how it it includes so many different people. And as well, I'm sure there's so many considerations for reaching our rural education staff, um, as well as uh, the urban education staff and um, diverse populations. So there's there's been a lot of work put into this to make sure it reaches as many people as we can in the way that we they need to be reached. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so how do people connect with the wellness support specialists and what can they expect from this support? So we respond through email and um, also over the phone. And basically what our role is to sort to provide that safe space for the, the person um, that's requesting the support. So, you know, we're linking them to the resources that they're looking at wanting to access. So if they're dealing with anxiety and depression or looking for counseling services. Um, so we're, we're basically that bridge to, um, from the participant to the resources that they need. Um, I actually spent about an hour on a phone call with the participants and it was fantastic. It went um, while the we were both really engaged and it was just, it felt really good to be able to give that support back um, because, you know, working in education right now, it's, it's, it's a tough situation. And um, it was really, you know, eye opening to hear um, from the participant, what they were going through, what they're experiencing. Uh, yeah. Very, very humbling and, and rewarding all at the same time. Um, and, 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 you know, and having those conversations about, that it's that we're looking at everybody, right? So we're looking at the EAs, the bus drivers, the you know lunch supervisors, and you know obviously the teachers and the principals. Um, but you know, looking at everybody because you know that's how a school runs. It's like there's different compartments, and everyone kind of has to like lean on one another and support all the kids. And it's a, it's a tough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, seeing some of the research just about how much uh, rates of exhaustion are um, being faced by people in the education sector—it's like way more than um, a lot of other sectors in Canada and Manitoba. So, really, really important work, uh, Nadira. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your experience today and. Um, I wish you the best of luck going into the new year and just knowing that there'll be um, extensive challenges being faced with uh, the new variants and all the uncertainty around that. So I, I'm, I'm sure it's, it, it's so needed, all this support. So thank you for all you do. Very much. And yeah, I'm just excited to, to be there and to, to get this information out to everybody that, uh, that needs it. I actually was a teacher for six years and an EA before that and a lunch supervisor. So I've been in education for 17 years. Yeah. And that's uh, shows just also uh, where our wellness support specialists are coming from. Like your, your people who, from the people I've talked to so far um, really have the personal experience within it and really want to give back and, and support those who are struggling. So mm-hmm. that's wonderful. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Jeffrey Fessick. 
I'm an educational assistant in the Louis Rail School Division here in Winnipeg at uh, the K-8 Highbury School. Excellent. So uh, someone who's working in the education sector, this is the um, target of who we're approaching with this program and was hoping to get some perspectives. So uh, why do you think this initiative is needed now more than ever? It's a couple of years, like through my own wellness journey, I've accidentally bumped into coworkers. It's um, maybe, you know, three or four different um, agencies, situations where we see each other in a waiting room or something like that. And then and there's, so there's 15 of us. And I just wonder maybe if everybody else is able to access this stuff, but we're, we're obviously feeling anxiety. I'm bumping into coworkers <laughs> at these uh, different agencies seeking help. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, uh, I can definitely relate to that experience of, um, I know when I was going through my wellness journey at the start, uh, yeah, you hang out with some people and then I'm going to a uh, depression group. And then I see across from me, someone who I knew, um, sort of in my early university years. And it, it's, it's an interesting experience just thinking who's suffering silently. And that's, brings us to the next question just what's so important about this it's so what are the risks if we don't act now to uh, help our people in the education sector yeah it's it can be scary uh if some if people um get themselves involved you know in the kind of a perfect storm situation for you know let's say you're moving and then um you and your your principal or or, you know, or not seeing eye to eye in something. And, you know, and, and then on top of that, you decide to maybe self-medicate in, in a, you know, in a wrong direction. Or, and then on top of that, you know, your relationship is suffering. You know, that's creates a perfect storm for, for people. And it happens really quickly. And it happens where um, you, an adult, is put at, you're at risk. You hear people that, you know, people are uh, homeless or these people are so-and-so are at risk, but factors combined can put, you know, anybody at, at risk. You're an adult at risk all of a sudden and they need first aid. They need help, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And just especially uh, given variants and everything that's going around right now uh, we see so much different um different risks going into potentially you know if, if there's another kind of wave of restrictions it's just so tough it's been so tough on all the people in the education uh, profession and um yeah it's great to hear from you just to hear firsthand like uh what these risks might be um, and so why do you think that uh, educators are feeling this a lot more than potentially even other, um, other sectors in Canada? So we know from the research that, uh, that teachers, principals, um, education assistants like yourself um, are experiencing rates of exhaustion more than average. So why do you think that might be? 
so I guess we all have this, yeah, the normal scary pressures of hearing the radios and, and trying to support our uh, parents and things like that. And then on top of that, children are missing huge gaps of education, you know, with that, with the lockdowns. And, um, you know, like I have this one little guy, you know, he had, he, he was in grade one and two. And then a year went by and I guess he did what he could at home. And so they just plunk him down in a three, four, but he has the, these one, two abilities. And there's a lot of that. And we're asked to make up these gaps, you know, at, during, um, during times where, you know, a five hour day where you have to do hand washing, recess, gym, music. And so you got these little snippets of time where we're, we're, we're expected to support this lad to get back to the level he needs to be at to be a functional, you know, citizen. Or, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, and then on top of that, there's, you know, yeah, you know, kids are with, you know, uh, different, different issues. And so at the start of the year, they lay out all these issues, all these problems and all these, and, and, and then they put out all these goals that are, that are uh, asked to be met. And they do a great, they, we kind of all do a great job of that. And then when it gets time to, you know, having the time and all the resources to implement some of these needs, it's, it's, it's really hard. It's, it's, uh, it's sad to get it all done, you know? Yeah, it's just so much uh, weight on your shoulders, I can imagine. Um, and uh, for myself, I'm uh, leading the Speak Up program for grades 7, 9, and 11, and I hear from the social workers and school psychologists that I'm training and giving these sessions for that uh, they're all coming to me saying that how much anxiety they're seeing in the students. And um, just with that, yeah, it can create that perfect storm, as you're saying, where everyone, it, you can just feel so much weight on your shoulders. You feel like you're responsible for yourself in the middle of the pandemic to be able to take care of yourself and your family. And also you've got all these uh, kids who are just needing so much so it's a lot and um so yeah we're trying to balance and even in, in socialization we're trying to balance uh, the safety issues with regards to germ spreading and and letting them play and be sociable mm -hmm. you know yeah and it, there's so much factors that go into all this uh, again, perfect storm of rates of exhaustion in the education yeah. sector. Um, so, yeah, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and, uh, and sharing your time with us. Uh, it's been really great. Well, friends, uh, welcome back to Wellbeing Connection. We are so thrilled to have uh, many guests here with us uh, today. Uh, and I'm with Zach. Zach is with the Manitoba Teacher Society. Uh, and I'd love, Zach, for you to introduce who you are, what you do, and how you're connected to this incredible uh, educational uh, initiative for the education sector. There's a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, uh, so I'm, I've been a counselor through the Manitoba Teacher Society with our Educator Assistance Program for about four years. Uh, prior to that, I worked in private practice with with teachers 
or educators. I'll, I'll, use, I'll use them interchangeably. Um, I think teachers is only two syllables, so I'll use teachers. <laughs> I work with teachers in private practice, uh, more uh, for folks who are on long-term leave, uh, sort of gradually returning to work. And I've worked in all sorts of sectors in social service. But um, so, yes, yeah, so through, through EAP with MTS, and then recently uh, was, was tapped on the shoulder to join this sort of task force to look at uh, the Care for All and Education uh, website and resources. And that's been, a, that's been super exciting because, um, you know, you, you kind of get isolated and siloed in working one-to-one with folks, which is really important. But, but, you know, as we know, when we work with teachers, there's just, there's, there's wider sort of systemic and organizational issues that need to be addressed. And it's, it shouldn't just be, you know, MTS who's providing the service, you know, for CMHA to, to be, to be looking at teacher mental health is really exciting. So I've sort of been on, on that team. We've had two meetings now. I haven't been fired yet or kicked out. So no, you, that's, have, uh, <laughs> you actually have such a great energy about you. You know, I, I love that you um, you're you're a type of person uh, like myself who just wants to say some things and then just listen and then yeah. say some things, kind of meditate, you know, uh, meditate on it a little bit and then go, yeah. hey, how about this? And so I think you bring this great energy. And how great is it that you are pivoting to uh, MTS is pivoting to a new uh, provider or a new system of providing uh, care for uh, your members. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about. Yeah, that. sure. No, no, no. I was. I. It's actually really funny because the, the first uh, the first meeting, I I couldn't shut up. I was so excited, and I was worried people would be like, "Okay, let other people speak." But whatever, I I just let it let it go there, and uh, <laughs> it actually it, it's perfect timing, as you said, Stephen, because. We are we are transitioning our services to we, we've uh, MTS has found a vendor called Humanicare, and they're which is really exciting in some ways because they're going to be able to offer you know we only have four counselors they have 150, so they're going to be able to offer members immediate access evenings and weekends, uh, couples counseling, family counseling, addictions, financial like everything. So it's a great it's a great uh, initiative for members. And at the same time, it's sad for us, of course, because we're gonna right. we're gonna be losing our one-to-one counseling. And of course, for clients, it's always really hard to to transition to someone new. I've been there as well, different counselors. So so it's an interesting time. But yeah, the the CMHA initiative through Manitoba came at the perfect time because part of our new mandate is going to be uh, on a wider scale, uh, looking at ways to support teachers' mental health. So this would be this this is a perfect. Uh, sort of initiative for us. Yeah. The last thing teachers want to hear is to take some more deep breaths or get a massage or, you know, uh, do more exercise. It's like asking someone in a burning building to take deeper breaths uh, or shallower breaths rather, right. Conserve the oxygen, but the, the building is going to burn down. And so when I think of our new role in MTS, the counselors here is it's an exciting opportunity to look at some of those systemic and organizational factors and you know what the perfect example with covid was you you had now you have to do blended learning so lots of our teachers were not only teaching in person in their classroom but also online which by definition mts was against because it's unsustainable then you had those same teachers sometimes having to work in up to seven classrooms at once and and, and, 
and you know, who's not going to burn out in that situation. It doesn't matter how much deep breathing you do. You're right. still sinking. Right. Well, and when you're so, out of breath, it's hard to breathe. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, that breaks our heart as clinicians because mm-hmm. we're, we're almost fighting a losing battle there. And, and it, you know, you know, there's that parallel process where we feel just as helpless sometimes as our members who are right in the mm-hmm. thick of it. So it's uh, it's really complex. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, when we think of, you know, and you mentioned a little bit about the culture in the schools and, you yeah. know, every division is going to be different. Every city, sure. town, village uh, is going to be different. But talk, maybe talk about the similarities in terms of like the issues and how we can maybe uh, utilize our own lived experience about how we're you know, living through these challenging times and what does it look like to talk to another person in the building that you work in who's doing similar work? Mm-hmm. I imagine there's a lot of people who might have some, some fear in being able to, to share those things uh, and maybe get some advice or, uh, or maybe even some help, but it then becomes just talking about the problems and not really looking at, you know, um, ourselves because they're caregivers, right? They're, they're thinking yeah. of everybody else, but themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 if I understand it's like, so what are, what are some of the challenges maybe with, with educators themselves in terms of getting help and right. Yeah. I, I, I think it's huge. And that's one of the biggest things we talk about with members, especially when they first reach out is, the, that there is still a stigma. So there's one level where there's societally, there, there's still a stigma against mental health and have, and struggling. Like, you know, most of us, we have to learn that it's, that it's okay to not be okay. But that's especially amplified with teachers. Cause one thing I've learned over the years is that teachers are, are caregivers, but they're also fixers. They're expert mm-hmm. fixers. And the culture is to, to problem solve. And, you know, you can give a teacher 50 variables in their classroom and, and they're so amazing, Stephen, at figuring right. out a plan in five seconds. You right. know, it's unbelievable. I could never do it. I'm always in awe of teachers. So they, they have this amazing intellectual and organizational capacity, but also this emotional investment in their students. And, they're supposed to have, or they're taught that they're supposed to have the answers. I think it's getting better, but it's like that perfectionism that you were talking about. Yeah. Perfectionism. I'm the teacher. I need to have the answers. I should always know what to do. And it's sort of a fixed mindset. Uh, But, but so one of the challenges is, is, and we get into sort of growth mindset stuff, which is like, you don't have all the answers yet. It's okay not to have the answers. Like this is, this is a, this is a, this is a journey. And so, giving teachers permission to be vulnerable and say, Hey, I don't have the answers. I can't do this by myself is so empowering to teachers. And it's, it's ironic when you repeat it back to them as a clinician, because the very, those are the very values that they try and instill in their students have a growth mindset. This is a process. You don't have to have the answers. The, The important thing is you're wanting to grow and, and yet teachers often feel that, um, whether it's from pre-service programs or just the culture, um, they, they find it very hard to ask for help. And so, you know, just jumping onto this website, I mean, 
teachers and support staff and bus operators, like the more permission we give and the more venues we give for, for educators to be able to ask for help and, and uh, be okay with not being okay is so, so, so crucial because one of the, one of the, one of the most common clinical issues we deal with is, is perfectionism and guilt. Right. And that, you know, if I don't know the answers and I'm asking for help, I feel guilty because one, I should know the answers. And then I'm supposed, like, as you said, I'm supposed to put everyone else first and then there's no room for me. And so all of those things uh, come into play. I don't know if that answers your question. No, but. and I think that, no, no, I, th- I think it's a, it's a great narrative because I think, you know, a, a lot of folks in the teaching profession, you know, those are the, the folks that you work predominantly with they would say to me uh, when we're doing some PD days or workshops on mental health promotion or mental health 101 or, you know, uh, increasing mental health literacy, they would say, well, Stephen, gosh, I, I, yeah, I'm not a counselor. You know, I, I, I don't know the language. I, I didn't study to be a counselor. And yet we talk about the mental health for all and the mental health five and five have physical health five and five have mental health. And it's amazing when you start talking about self-care, mm-hmm. how they, they, they light up because they're really great. We're really great as caregivers and educators to talk about what other people could be doing to yeah. improve, you know, life and well-being. For and yet sure. it's like, gosh, you know, we need to sometimes hold that mirror up and go, you know, what is it that I'm projecting in the workplace because I'm going at all cylinders. What, what do you think would, will happen? Like, as you see it, you know, where someone calls in and, and emails and connects with, uh, you know, um, care for all in education. How do you, how do you see that playing out? I, I actually think that when, when we had the first meeting and I, I was so afraid that I was <laughs> overdoing it because I was so excited. One of the reasons, Stephen, is because the website has not just great information like written in, in, in digital form, but it has three expert uh, wellness coordinators who you can actually talk to. And I think for, for educators, especially right now, that is absolutely crucial because one of the themes that we've seen in EAP and through our teacher welfare department and the studies is that with COVID, especially so many of our members are feeling abandoned or ignored. It, it's so much. And of course that the, the physical health with COVID of, of, of parents and students is paramount, but it doesn't preclude putting in safeguards and caring for the safety of, of educators. And they've often mm. felt left behind. And so to have, to have a service where you actually can call and talk to somebody is, is, is so exciting for me. And I, and I know when I talk about that with members and when I talk about the service, I think that really, really excites them. And, and so true. I see where you, you can, you know, as we know, members have a variety of issues, both, vocationally and, and just in life, right? Right. So many, and I'm sure you've seen this, so many educators are caregivers. They are caregivers professionally, but they're caregivers personally. They're often the ones that are at sort of the nexus of their friend group. That's, that's, they're the go-to person, the person that takes care of a niece or nephew, you know, maybe has additional needs or an aging parent or aunt. I see it all the time. And so they're so stretched. Mm-hmm. And, and so, 
to have a place where they actually can talk to a person who cares is is so important i think and so i think you know you come to that wellness specialist with with maybe a bunch of different issues and to know that person is going to guide you in the right direction and be there to answer questions uh, and be, the other thing is teachers don't have any free time right so to go back and forth on email or leave messages is the last thing that teachers need so i love the that the person is right there they're human being they're compassionate and and they're going to sort of go back and forth with some question and answers so that teachers don't have to burn the valuable time they that they barely have if you had an opportunity to talk to a group of of educators so administrators um, maybe even a school a school full of teachers and everybody in the edu- education sector as a as a clinical uh person as a yeah. you know as a counselor like what would be some of those messages? What would the what would the sound bites be that you want people to come away with? That's a great question. And and one of the things I like about the website is it is it addresses not only individuals but also organizational culture and, and principals as well who are under immense, immense stress, having to, for instance, contact trace while they're still trying to carry out their duties. And so I think one of the things we have to look at, and I don't have all the answers yet. Yet, I yeah, will. there we go. Trust me, Stephen. I will. <laughs> We're going to find them. How, how do we? How do we create? We talk about psychologically health, health, healthy workplaces in so many different industries, but how do we make psychologically healthy workplaces in the education sector for principals and resource and EAs and teachers and bus operators and and uh, admin staff? Uh, or admin support, you know, how do we do that? And I, I think part of it is turning that sort of Titanic around uh, in terms of, you know, sort of what I would call my, my colleague, uh, Dr. Angela Haig termed it teacher culture many years ago and wrote a great article. And I've sort of been riding on those coattails recently. It's like, what are the internal beliefs of the culture of the school? And so often it's, you know, you should be able to fix everything, burnout. You know, I even had a principal tell a teacher recently, what did you expect? Burnout is part of teaching. It shouldn't be. So being, being well and healthy should be an expect, a basic expectation for members. Uh, or t- I call them members because I'm in the union, yeah. but you know, that should be an expectation. That should be part of the culture. Like you said, vulnerability is resiliency. Courage is, is um, vulnerability is courage. How do we, how do we promote people reaching out and having a network and, and to, to talk to someone when they're not okay. But the other thing is what are we doing to rec- teachers hate this when I say this, because they'd never get into teaching to be recognized and to be patted on the back. But boy, does it go a long way. Mm-hmm. And so what, what are the networks in the schools? It, it doesn't just have to come from principals, but how, how are we patting teachers on the back and EAs on the back saying like, thank you for doing what you're doing. You're making such a difference even when you don't see it. And, and that, that I think the leadership, so it's often the administrators can set the tone in terms of, you know, don't be texting and emailing uh, teachers in the off hours because you're creating a culture of workaholism you know you can even delay the email if you if you have to write the email set it on delay for the morning um be you know be leaving at at a at a reasonable time like um we had the opportunity uh our general secretary uh 
gave us the opportunity to actually have a video meeting with Pamela Rogers, who's with the Canadian Teachers Federation. And she said, all these wellness initiatives are great, but you have to have release time. Teachers have enough on their plate where if you say, oh, you know, go to this workshop after school or go to yoga class after school, well, now you're just adding another demand, right? Mm -hmm. An opportunity becomes a demand. So I would want to, to talk about how, how can we create release time or time in the day where, where staff are actually given time to work on wellness and talk about wellness and prioritize it. Um, so, you know, just, so I don't know if that answers your question, but I think it, it no, has to I be the great. culture in the school and it has to come from the leadership, but sometimes even, you know, I can say, you know, the principal should role model this, but sometimes they themselves have this immense pressure from the community and the superintendent and they themselves have it from the department of ed. So we have to look at the whole picture because it's not just, you know, one person's um, inability to, to send a positive message with wellness. And friends, this is what's great about Wellbeing Connection is that we have mental health champions like Zach and we've heard from Irene today and James, you've connected with others who really want people in the education sector to flourish just as much as those education folks want the kids that they're serving to flourish mm -hmm. in their lives. And so, Zach, thanks so much for, for being with us today. Uh, and uh, I'm, I know that the conversation has just begun and it's going to be fun in, in you know, in a number of months to kind of circle back and to see, you know, how this is evolving. But again, friends, you can go to uh, careforallineducation.com. Calm. There we go. There we go. Um, and, uh, you know, get all that information. And again, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Stephen. Anytime. It's an honor.